Hey guys, this is Naeem and you've reached the Mosaic Church Podcast. So excited that you're part of our listening community and I'd love for you to be even more connected. So check out our website. There's more content there and there's more opportunities for you to get connected in our ministries and events as well. Also, love for you to share this content. If this is blessed to you, I know that God wants to use you to bless other people with it. So share this podcast, if you will. Lastly, would you consider supporting this ministry? This is made possible by other people's generosity, and I'd love for you to pay it forward. Join us to reclaim the message and the movement of Jesus together. So would you consider giving to this ministry? I know that God is able to do immeasurably more through us when we come together. Thank you so much. God bless you. Enjoy. Well, good morning. Hello. Hey, hey. Okay, okay. All right. All right. Okay. Uh, So, live stream and those of you online. It's going nuts in here. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. Yes. They have, yes, they have started drinking early, people. Day drinking has started since Friday afternoon. Okay. Now, hey, welcome to church. Uh, Yeah. Welcome to Labor Day weekend in Mosaic. Glad you guys are here. All right. This is great. So I don't know if you guys know this. Uh, You probably know this already, but we are going to have a cookout uh, right after service, or like a barbecue situation. So you're welcome to uh, stay and join. Uh, for those of you who, uh, you know, are not here, and I get it, you want to be a little bit safer, have distance, I get that. But you can join us. There is time to come and get some lunch out after, afterwards. And so oh, you can do that. Um, it's it's going to be an issue, maybe. <laughs> Probably, maybe. We'll keep going. Uh, but uh, yeah, for those of you who are not here, if you want to join us after service, you guys can. Hey, we are in week four of a, a series that we called Open Table, talking about the life of Jesus, that he lived a life by kind of an open table, where he would go to people's tables and he would invite people to his table. And the truth is that life happens around tables, business tables, family tables, kitchen tables, life happens around there. And so much of how we interact and who's on our table and what table we're actually um, willing to go to tells so much about who we are and the life we live. And so we've been challenged by it, and so I want to continue the conversation uh, this uh, morning. But I want to ask you, first of all, have you ever said something or done something, but mostly said something that got you into trouble? Anybody? Yeah? Got you in trouble? You know it? Like today, today. It happened today. It happened today? Yeah, okay. So uh, the other day, though, several years ago, actually, I was talking to a guy, and he was talking about his relationship, single guy, and, and uh, he was talking about this girl that he had friends, was friends with and really wanted to take it the next step and all that. And so, you know, I just, I was like, yeah, I was just trying, trying to encourage him. And uh, I said, uh, yeah, man, I mean, go for it, man. Pursue her, you know? Pursue her, and, you know, don't be discouraged. And I, and I said some other things, but that's about it. A couple of days later, uh, the lady, the girl, comes up to me and she goes, so did you, say, did you tell so-and-so to pursue me? And I was like, and to not, like, don't be discouraged, not give up? First thought was, I'm going to kill him. That's what I, that was my first thought. I was like, oh, 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 oh. And then secondly, I was like, I'm never going to tell anybody what I think anymore. 
right? Like, I'm going to get I'm in so much trouble. Now, the good thing is, is that uh, when she asked me that question, I was trying to figure out what I was going to say. Uh, I, can't, I mean, I could have denied it, but that's not a pastoral thing to do, right? <laughs> can't do that. I mean, pastors don't lie. Uh, but I was like, ah. Uh, and I was, as I was thinking about it, the good thing was she was so livid that she kept on, like, telling me her thoughts anyway. So for the next 20 minutes, it was just her talking and me listening and then me never saying anything ever, ever again. Gets you into trouble. Gets you in trouble. Well, this morning, we're going to talk about a guy who actually got into trouble, in a sense. Uh, because the story, if you remember, if you've been joining us, we've been going week to week and do, looking through a passage. And it's kind of a story of Jesus showing up to a Pharisee's table. He goes to a uh, uh, a religious guy's house, and he sits there. And so week one, we realized that uh, he, um, he, regardless of his image and what people thought about him, he went to this table, and he and it challenged us to kind of live our lives that way. Like, are, are we willing to um, really reflect God's image versus uh, worry about our image, saying no to certain people in our lives uh, and saying yes to them? It challenged us. And so that was how the story, story started. It goes there, but then... Then he, in fact, go, starts, he heals a person. He heals a guy um, from dropsy. And the, the question that, challenged, uh, that he challenged us with was, when you're given an opportunity to do good, uh, uh, will you do it? Uh, because he healed him on the Sabbath. So there's already so many things going on in the story. Last week, Kristen did a great job talking about this idea of like, okay, so what are you going to do? Uh, let's switch this mic, Right? Let's just go ahead and switch this mic. Yeah, perfect. Awesome. Thank you. Excellent. Oh, I got it. All right. I'll just shut this off. Thank you so much. All right. So many assistants. So many assistants. All right. So where was I? Week three. Yes. You guys are like, I don't know where you were, bro. No idea right now. No idea. I'm still looking at your shirt. Whatever. Focus. <laughs> Focus, people. Focus. All right. So week three, week three, we talked, uh, Chris has actually talked about this idea of like, okay, so what are you going to do when you're actually in at the table with people? Uh, because Jesus tells a story about who you're going to invite to the table and who you're going to make a chair for or pull a chair out for. And so the challenge was that are we going to live our lives trying to get to a seat or push for a seat at the table or are we going to pull out seats for other people? Are we going to pull out a chair for other people? Very challenging things. And today, as we continue on, I mean, we're kind of going kind of a couple of verses by verses here, discovering more and more about the story. Here's what we realized that right after that, when Jesus talks about this idea last week about like, hey, invite everybody to the table, this guy makes a statement right after that. And that, I believe, gets him into trouble. What I mean by gets him into trouble, Jesus launches on at a, with another story and I, wanna, I don't want to get to that because that's next week. But what he said had so much um, uh, depth to it and not in a good way. There was so much baggage when it, in, in what he said. There was so much history in what he said. And there's so much insight to the kinds of people we, are, we could be becoming based on the kinds of table that we sit on. And so it's really profound. It's just a, one sentence. But let's jump right in. This is Luke 14. And this is what he said. 
It says here, when one of those at the table, Luke 14, verse 15, when one of those at the table, now remember, uh, at the table is very important because this guy was at this table. Jesus was a guest at this table, meaning that this guy was used to being at the table with other of his buddies or other people just like him. Jesus is the outsider. So just want you to know, when one of those at the table with him Jesus heard this. What did he hear? He heard this. He heard last week. He heard the, 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 what we just talked about. The, he heard like, go invite this person and go invite this person. He said to Jesus, he said to Jesus, it seems innocent enough. He says this, blessed, blessed is the one who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. Blessed is the person. Blessed is the one. Now, it seems innocent enough. But what is he really saying here? Well, his definition of who is blessed and this idea of the table. You see, it's actually, it's actually, um, it's, it's in fact a throwback to a belief system that the Jewish people used to believe, especially Pharisees, especially experts in the law, which is connected to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Yes, marriage supper of the Lamb, which will happen in the book of Revelation. They also say that it will happen at the end of days where there will be a table, where there will be a feast, and guess who will be on that table? Only Jewish people. There will be, there will be, it will be the table, which in the, New, in the Old Testament they called the table of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It was, was, he was talking about this. Blessed are those people who are going to sit at this table. You see, if you read this in different translations, and that's the beauty of different translations, by the way, is because they allow us to not be confined by the English language or a particular kind of English uh, language in a certain time in history. And so the paraphrased version, the passion translation of this kind of brings us or gives us a little bit more insight. Here's what it says. Okay, same verse, same verse. Okay, when one... Uh, this is, uh, it says here, it says, when they heard this, one of the dinner guests said to Jesus, someday God will have a kingdom feast. Did you hear that? And what's the word? How what? Happy and what? Privilege will be the ones who get to share in that joy. What is he talking about? Isn't it great to be us? That's what he's really saying. He's turning to another Jewish man, Jesus, and he's saying, isn't this amazing to be us? Isn't it going to be great to be, man, isn't it great to be you and me? Isn't it awesome to be us? See, the reason why I know this is because next week we're going to jump into it because Jesus goes, hold up. And then he goes into a whole new story. But right there, he makes a statement that explains and gives us the history of this guy has been sitting at this table for a very long time with all of his buddies or all of her, of his, of her girlfriends, in a sense. Like, they're all the people who think the same way. You see, right in that statement, Jesus realizes this guy has this idea of, of being at a table where now everybody thinks the same way. They have the same heritage. They have the same tradition. They have the same stories. They have the same um, uh, worldview. They have this, they in fact have created like this echo chamber where, you, you know, terms like uh, you find uh, confirmation biases that, that come up. 
And what is confirmation bias? It's basically that you begin to hear what you want to hear, right? You, 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 that's what you see, what you're in fact looking for and nothing else. And so Jesus is saying one thing and he hears something else. He goes, Jesus did, shows up, that makes a statement, heals a person, makes a statement, talks about who you're supposed to invite, makes a statement, but this guy and his buddies are still in that echo chamber, still thinking the same thing. And see, what happens is when you and I stay, stay at the same table with the same people, when we have the same kinds of people, and I'm talking about Christians as well, we're only in Christian tables. We're only in the particular kinds of tables. We only have a certain, you know, this, this political group or this view of, my, of, of the world. We only sit and gather around people who are like-minded. We all say the same stuff. We all believe the same stuff, and we all agree on the same stuff, and we all shape our world value, and we all have a definition of the idea of what it means to be blessed. You see, what happened here is they sat around so long enough, they defined the word blessed in their own idea. What does it really mean to be blessed? You see, you and I know this, right? We sit around people. And, uh, and if we sit around the same people, they, you go, oh my gosh, these, all, all these people are crazy. Have you ever thought that? You're like, all these people are crazy. And the, those people are looking at you and going, all those people are crazy. Like they're, they're saying the same stuff. You're like, how, uh, how, how, does no one know? This, this, this cannot be right. Like this doesn't make sense. Have people lost their minds? How many times have you used that phrase? This year or this year, two years. Like, people have lost their minds. What is going on? Why? Because, I mean, that's what happens, good or bad. When you sit at one table long enough, you begin to act like everybody else. And see, here's what's interesting. What's interesting is, is the rise of social media has actually explained this phenomena. The rise of social media has explained this idea that you and I can create our fan base, our friend base, our table, and then just pick and choose who's going to be at that table. And so our feed, our Facebook feed, our Instagram feed, our Twitter feed is the same. It's the same thing. Everybody's thinking the same thing. And because we have this, this echo chamber, because we have these group thing mentality going on, we have these, um, these stereotypes that we've created about certain people. And we all in that circle or on that table have a view about this kind of people group. And so now people go, oh, yeah, 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 I'm a part of this group. And they don't even know why they believe this thing about this group, but they heard it and they agree with it, so they're just going to put it on there. No one's really thought through it. Why is this all important? Because it totally shapes our worldview. You and I, if we are not careful, careful we will not be able to see and um, really um, um, recognize what God is doing in the world around us at work if we don't purposely move out of these echo chambers, move out of this table that we have been sitting in for so long. And the rise of social media is so interesting because one, uh, one um, article talked about how people have changed the way they now communicate or have conversations with each other. You see, if you live on Facebook or you live on social media, you're used to monologuing. Monologuing means that you have your ideas. They might be solid. They might be um, educated. They might be not. Regardless, you have your own ideas and you post them. 
you post them. You put them out in the world, right? You, tw- you Twitter it out. You go, oh, I'm going to tell the world. The universe knows what I think now, okay? That's great. And so we're used to just telling people what we think. Just telling people what we think. Telling people what we think. Telling people what we think. When you gather around your group and your friends, you tell them what you, you think. They tell you what they think. The good thing is you all think the same way. So everybody's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, 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 yeah. No one's really dialoguing. Everybody is monologuing. Everybody's just saying stuff. They're saying stuff. They're thinking. The, the conversations and dialogue happens when now what you're saying is different from what I'm saying. And so dialogue insists that you and I begin to ask a question. Well, why do you believe that? Oh, so if you've never had those kinds of questions, if you've never had those kinds of conversations in your friend circle, friends, well, here's what we're doing. We are basically posting as we talk to people face-to-face. You get in a group, hey, hey, and you say your, can you believe, blah, 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 blah. And they go, can you believe, blah, 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 blah. Right, right, oh my gosh. Okay, hey, do you know, da, 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 da. They say the same thing. Yeah, oh, oh my gosh. I'm right. We all agree. No one's asked the question. Hey, you think that's kind of dumb? Like, hey, you think there might be something else out there? Because we, friends, have been um, uh, sadly being trained in a little bit to just monologue with each other, not dialogue. See, that's why Jesus always dialogued. That's why he was like the king of asking questions that would annoy everybody like what do you you know what is the kingdom of heaven what do you think is the kingdom of heaven (laughs) oh no just tell me what you think no he's like what do you think what do you think jesus was always pulling out things out of them and he would say you see how you're different than me you see what you believe let me just tell you what this you know what you've heard let me just show you this this is this right here is so important friends because it changes the game for us socially Um, in our business, in our friendships, in our circles, this is so important. And you're like, this is just one word. Yes, it is. But it shows so much of what we're doing. And that leads to this idea of defining and giving definitions to very important words like being blessed. So if you're in a group or you're on a table that's highly privileged or has a lot of power, or there's a lot of resources, your view of being blessed is very different than, than another table that doesn't have much. Their view and what they think is blessed is very different than what you think is blessed. If you're around certain groups of people who live a certain kind of lifestyle, it really stinks to end up at their table. You're sitting there, and they're all talking about all kinds of stuff. You're like, oh, man, my life's... Thanks. Like, have you ever been in a conversation with someone and you go, I haven't done anything with my life? Like, I have friends like that. They're like, they've written 15 books yesterday. And I was like, what? You did what? Like, I got a friend who's like, I wrote five, five books during this, this two years. I was like, well, you're, I'm deleting you out of my life. I felt good about myself. And now I don't. I feel lazy. That's what I do. It, it really stinks to be at the table, uh, at the successful or hashtag blessed table, isn't it? It's, it's tough. 
Because everybody, here's what happens. What happens is, is that when you, when you sit around in any group and you begin to define certain words like this, blessed being one of them, it, 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 it shapes you so much because the word blessed is connected to the blessings of God. Like baruch is the word for blessing. And so that word, like even the, the, the most popular saying when they looked at Jesus, they said, Baruch haba b'sham Adonai. Like, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. This was not just a statement, it was prophetic. The, the, the idea of blessing is so, is, 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 is so important. It's, it's, it's connected to a birthright, which is connected to a double portion. I mean, if you want to just go into the word blessing, it gives you layers and layers of things. But the truth is, is that there are, that you can easily just kind of realize that when people, even in the Old Testament, even in the New Testament, and even us, when we look at blessings, we can either use blessings, and I'll put it in a simple way, we can either use blessings as a badge of honor, or as a tool to serve others. Like blessings in the scriptures are always connected to either people realizing this is a badge of honor, hashtag blessed, let's put it up somewhere, hashtag winning, hashtag successful. It's a badge of honor. And the guy here was basically saying, we've been sitting around this table, and I'll tell you what, blessed are we to be sitting at this table. God's for us. The universe is for us. Everybody is for us. We're the chosen people. We are so blessed. I can't even. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. I just, I just don't even know why you do it. Thank you. Thank you. They're not, but we are. Oh, my gosh. Isn't it great? I don't know what's going on. Pray more. I don't know. But I'm blessed. I'm, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. You know, when a, when a, when a blessing has always been given, in the, especially in the Old Testament, it was given not as, as a sign of just honor. It was given with a sign of responsibility. Did you know that? It was always a sign of, always all, a sign of responsibility. Like, you're going to bless to do this. So fundamentally, especially in Scripture, and especially when Jesus showed up, he always talked about when you ever think that you're blessed, let me just say, let me just tell you, you're supposed to be one not get one. Like, you've, you're never supposed to ask for a blessing. You're always supposed to ask to be one. You, you don't live to, for a blessing. You don't live to get a blessing. All your prayers and all your fasting cannot be for you to just live to, be, to get a blessing. You got to fast and pray to be one. Like, if all of God's children are only praying selfish prayers and for themselves, no one's getting anything. No NFL team is winning, by the way, either. <laughs> but if everybody, of all of God's kids, say, I want you to bless them, not me, them. And that person just happens to say, I want you to bless them. God's going to be like, oh, fine, okay, everybody get it. But friends, we... And sit long enough, we, we, we've taken this idea of blessing. And you know what I'm getting at? I'm getting at the fact that, that I think followers of Jesus, maybe even Christians, have sat around the same table, at the same lunch table, same dinner table, same gathering, same small group. And now they have defined what blessing is. And now they're privileged to be in it. 
and everyone else can just figure it out. And now it's like, oh man, isn't it great to be one? And now it's become a badge of honor for us. Man, is your life going amazing? You're blessed. Is everything working for, out for you? You're blessed. Your kids semi-human? You're blessed. <laughs> You're blessed. You're blessed. See, what happens with a blessing being a badge is that you can only do two things with it. You can either get competitive or complacent. It's the only thing to do. You sit around people who are highly successful, highly blessed, and I'm talking about all kinds of people. I'm talking about people who go, oh my gosh, isn't it great? What do you do? You compare your, your blessing with what? The other person's. That's what you do. When blessings is a badge, then you size up people. Have you ever been sized up? Have you ever sized up someone? Of course. Like, where are we on this table? Where are we? It happens at work all the time. You ha you're in a meeting. Okay, let's talk, let's talk about projections. Let's talk about goals. What happened this quarter? <clears throat> I hope Tom doesn't go first. I hate Tom. <laughs> I hope he knows Jesus, but man, I don't mind if he just kind of goes away. No one sees him. Why? Because Tom, dang it, again. Hashtag winning, like, and I'm not. Like, I got the clients that are just, I don't even know. So what do you do? You sit around, and what we do is we compete and compete and compete and compete and compete. And it makes us people who just compete, friends. We're just competitive, competitive. And it becomes a delusion. It becomes such a delusion, and we don't even realize it. Let me tell you another story. Jesus uh, tells the story, and it seems so far-fetched. But see, that's the Eastern way of teaching, by the way. So if you ever noticed, like, Jesus didn't have, like, three-point sermons, have you ever noticed that? Like, they never were three-point. Because Middle Eastern people don't communicate truth with points. That's why my messages are pointless. Okay? <laughs> no. You're, now you're awake. Now you're awake. I'm just joking. Um, but they, they, honestly, they'll just tell stories. They, they don't believe in points. They believe in principles. So they won't give you points and they'll give you, and, 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 and practical steps, they'll give you a principle and an illustration. So Jesus tells a story, which is, this is kind of out there. He tells a story, and I think he kind of, he definitely went all out on this one, okay? This is Luke 18, verses 10 to, to 14. He says, two men went to the temple to pray. So just two men went, okay? One was a Pharisee, and the other was a despised tax collector. The Pharisee stood up himself and prayed this prayer. I thank you, God, that I am not like other people. Cheaters, sinners, adulterers. I'm certainly not I'm certainly not like that guy, that tax collector. You know what, God, I fast twice a day. Now, again, Jesus is telling the story that this guy is saying all this stuff out loud to everybody to hear. I fast twice a week, and I give, I give you a tenth of my income. But the tax collector stood at the distance. 
You see, all of a sudden, it's like these two people walked into God's table. They sat down, and one guy starts to talk, and he tells all these things. And the other guy is sitting at God's table too, this tax collector. And what is he doing? He's just standing there in a sense. He's not even, he's not even wanting to talk. But here's what Jesus says. He says, this, he, he, he did not even lift his eyes to heaven as he prayed. Instead, he beat his chest in sorrow, saying, Oh God, be merciful to me, for I am a sinner. I tell you, Jesus says, that this sinner, not the Pharisee, returned home justified before God. He said, the delusion of being blessed can take you and make you into a person that you think that now God subscribes to your definition of blessed. That this is what God, what makes God happy. And so you just keep on doing it. You keep on doing it. And so that's why religious people are very proud people. Why? Because they have, they, have, they have distorted their view of not just truth and of the blessing and the honor and the privilege of what they've gotten. They have, in fact, reshaped God of who he is and what he is like and what he likes. And that's why, that's why there are people who will defiantly get up and say, this group of people will go to hell. And that group of people will go to hell. Or this group of people will go to heaven. We are going, you're not. This, this, this leads to a delusion that says, I can make a banner that says, God hates, and you put whatever. These are highly religious people, friends. In fact, they're just like you and me. They just sat around so much on the same table, table with the same people with no life around it that this, this fresh lake has become a swamp. They're just now, they're growing stuff that is not even true anymore. And he's saying right here with this statement, the guy makes, reveals so much. And then we come, become complacent as well. Complacent is this. Complacent is saying, you know what? I don't have much. I don't, I don't have much. I don't have much, so I don't want to give much. I don't have much. I don't have much to give. I don't have a lot of blessings. I don't have a lot of whatever, whatever, and I don't want to give. I just, I don't have enough. And when I do have enough, when I do have enough, I'll give enough. When I have more money, I'll give more money. When I have more time, I'll give more time. When I have more talent for the love, if I had more talent, I'll give you my talent. And so we think that that actually works, but we think that being blessed, again, is a badge. It leads to being complacent. Now, Jesus tells another story. Let me just jump into this one really quick. Here, Mark 12, it says, Jesus sat down. Not tell, he tells a story. This actually happened. Jesus sat down near the collection box in the temple and watched as the crowds dropped their money, which, by the way, wow. Could you imagine? We got a few boxes. Could you imagine you standing there going, let's see what happens. What happens? What happens? What happens? That is probably not a good way, right, to gather, to gather money. Probably not. Okay. But many rich people put, their, put in large amounts. Then a 
poor widow came and dropped into into um, dropped in two small coins. And Jesus called his disciples to him and said, "Hey, come, come, come here, check this out, check this out. I tell you the truth: this poor widow has given more." than all the others who are making contributions, for they gave a tiny part of their surplus, but she, poor as she is, has given everything she had to live on. Friends, I don't know if you realize this, but being blessed, being super blessed, and if you don't understand your definition of being blessed, it causes you not to be a blessing. It causes you, in fact, to be a curse. Like, that's why statistically wealthy people are the least generous they're not the most it's the the, the it's in it's in neighborhoods it's in countries it's in societies that have the least amount of resources where people are incredibly generous why is that because we think that our wealth makes us generous that wealth makes you and me generous. It doesn't. Our values make us generous. What we value makes us generous. Wealth doesn't. The more you have doesn't mean that you're naturally going to be more generous. It's not true. The more you sit at a blessed table, the more you want to just keep on sitting at the blessed table and not let anyone in, the more you're more likely to make a statement like this, isn't it awesome to be us? Isn't it awesome to be me? What are we saying here? We're saying is, hey, we have to move from being, viewing blessing, not as a badge, but as a tool. As a tool to do what? As a tool, like the blessing that you have, that you have as a tool to be considerate people and to be compassionate people. To, as a tool, when we realize that our blessing is a tool, like it was given to us, it's, it's, it's like something that's handed to us. It's a blessing, but it's a tool. It's, a, it's, it's, it's something that we're going to use. It got, it's God giving us something. He says, I don't want you to just wear this or put it on. This is something for you. I'm passing this down to you to use. It's something like a father or a mother would give a, a, their loved one something to say, hey, pass this out and use this. It's that, it's that kind of mentality. Here, Philippians uh, 2, 4, 2, 1 says this. He says, if you've gotten anything out of following Christ, if, if, if his love has made any difference in your life, basically, if you realize the blessing in your life, if you've been in a community uh, that, uh, of the Spirit means, means anything to you, if you have a heart, <laughs> if, you, if you care, do, then do me a favor. Agree with each other. Love each other. Be deep-spirited friends. Don't push your way to the front. Don't sweet-talk your way to the top. Put yourself aside and help others get ahead. Don't be obsessed with getting your own advantage. Forget yourself. Check this out. Forget yourself long enough. Okay, help me out with this. Forget yourself long enough to what? Help. Yeah, to lend a helping hand. Forget yourself long enough to do that. Man, is, is your blessing making you more compassionate? Or is it making you more complacent? Is it, making you, um, is it making you more competitive? Or is it making you more considerate to people's lives? 
the other day, I was uh, watching Netflix, you know, um, because here's the problem. And I know I'm, this, is a, this is a deep issue, but let's talk about this a little bit. You know, when you're watching a show and it ends, there's sorrow. There's so much sorrow. And then you have this moment of grief. Like, there's, there's, first is denial. The stages of grief. You know that. Okay. But then, you, then I don't know what stage is. The stage of looking around desperately for something to, to, to get into. Right? And um, so I was, um, I found something the other day. It's Stanley Tucci's Searching for Italy. Now you're like, what the, what are you doing? Whatever. Okay. I do my thing. You do you. Okay. I was watching it. I was like, oh, this is great. I like that guy. I like his style. I like him. I was like, oh, let me, I've uh, been to Italy before. We have friends in Italy. And so he begins talking, and he talks about a concept called suspended coffee. I don't know if you ever heard it. Pretty fascinating. This idea that you, uh, when that was, uh, is a tradition that has been passed down, but it really took a, it morphed into something bigger during the quarantine and during COVID. Because I don't know if you realize this, but Italy, especially Milano, was at one point, uh, Bergamo um, was like the epicenter of Corona. And, and we had friends there as well. So anyways, it just changed the way they lived their lives. So going back to this idea of suspended coffee, what does it mean to suspend coffee? No, it means that there's, a, there's this cultural thing where when you buy coffee uh, on the street or anywhere, you buy not just one, you buy two. You pay for two. And you pay for two or you have, is that someone else comes and they can't afford it, they get it. Like if there's a homeless person or if there's something... Someone like that, they just get it. It's called suspended coffee. And I thought, is this even true? I mean, not that Stanley Tucci is lying. I'm just like, is it true? So I called up a buddy of mine, Giuseppe. Giuseppe in Italy, Rome. Okay, I have a, we have a small group of like two Indian, uh, two, one Indian guy, two Italian guys. Uh, that's my small group, international small group. Uh, and we meet every other week uh, on Zoom. And so I was like, called him up, like, hey, what do you think? And he was like, yeah, yeah, it's true, true, true. I said, can you help us say it in Italy, in Italian? And he was like, yeah, maybe. So let's join Giuseppe in Rome. Hey, guys, hello. This is Giuseppe Princiotta, and I am the founder of Centro Gospel in Rome. Rome, Italy, just to be clear. Naim, my friend, asked me to teach you something. So if you are ready, we can start. This is an Italian sentence, it's a, a war joke, la spesa sospesa. Now, you have to learn and say this, la spesa sospesa. Okay, I know, it's not so simple, but Naim says to me, you are pretty good. So, slowly, I will say every words so you can repeat after me. Ready? La spesa Sospesa. Increase the tempo. La spesa sospesa. La spesa sospesa. La spesa sospesa. Fast and furious. La spesa sospesa. La spesa sospesa. La spesa sospesa. Great. You did a great job. But what does it mean? Really, these are dirty speech. Okay, come on. No. It's a, a nice idea, really. Imagine to enter in a grocery shop and you have to buy something. At the exit, 
there is a cart, an empty cart, and everyone put in it an item shopped. Uh, for example, pasta, beans, or something else. This cart is for who can't buy nothing. The name of this is La Spesa Suspesa. There is a story behind this, but I don't want to preach today. It's name time now. So it's time for me to say hello. Guys, God bless you. Much love from Rome. These guys are, these guys are great, and uh, we get to support them financially and just relationally, so it's a blessing. So did you, did you understand that? It's not just for coffee. They turned it to grocery stores, so you just buy extra, and you put it in a cart for the other people. You suspend. You suspend. I just, I just thought about that. I thought, you know, what is a practical way for us to live our lives as compassionate and generous people, as people who are considerate? I wonder if we could do that. We could suspend the blessings that we have. Like we have an ability of, of resources. What are we suspending, in a sense, for other people out there? What are we, in one sense, leaving at the table for someone else to have? What, what are we doing when it comes to our time? Do we have suspended time, in a sense? We have time where we go, okay, this is time that someone else can have. Do we have resources? Do we have mental capacity? Do we have emotional um, um, uh, uh, energy that we can give to other people? Do we have anything that's being suspended for someone else? Or are we living our lives just taking all and living all with everything? You see, when it comes to our finances, are we doing that? Do we have any suspended finances? Or do we use it up? Or in fact, we use up more than we even have. What kind of life are we living when it comes to that? Are we living a life being a blessing? Or are we living a life just to be, um, um, just to get a blessing? I wonder if practically we can do this. What could we do this? It was amazing to see even the grocery stores, like people just buying food for people they don't know. And what if we did this? What would we suspend? What part is a blessing that you and I have that we could suspend for someone else. See, friends, I know people are praying for a blessing. They're praying for a blessing. They're praying for God to show up in a certain way, for God to provide, uh, to God to reveal something to them, for God to um, comfort them, for God to just bring healing, bring insight, to, to end their loneliness. I mean, people are praying for so many things from God. What if you were that prayer? What if you were the blessing for someone else? You see, friends, we have to understand this as the church, the big church, the C church, the big church, not just Mosaic. We're called to not live to get a blessing and not to be the most blessed. We are called to be a blessing, to, give the, to, be, the, to be people who give out blessings the most. See, it changes. It changes, but it starts with us going, hey, 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 we got to look at the table we're sitting at. We got to make sure other people are invited in, and we got to make sure that our definition of being blessed is not, is not diluted to something else. So let me pray for us. We pray that God will show you. I'm looking forward to the stories of what could you suspend up there for someone else, that God could supernaturally use that for a need for a prayer for someone else. Let me pray for us. Lord God, thank you so much for um, this conversation. 
God, thank you so much that, that your word has so much insight, that ye, the, your scriptures have so much insight to the, the inner workings of our lives. Father, I pray that, uh, that today would be a day that we would, that your spirit would just creatively uh, speak to us, God. What can we suspend for someone else to have? What is it, God, in our lives that we could do that? And God, for some of us, for some of us, we need to suspend our life, our own life, for you to have. We've lived our whole life our way. We've lived our whole life trying to pursue our dreams and our visions. We're, we're trying to pursue our relationships. We, we are maxed out on everything. But God, maybe today, for some of us, we need to say, God, I'm suspending my life. And in fact, I'm saying you can have my life. That I want to give you my life. I want to give, I want to make room for you in my life. Right now, today, maybe for some of us, we're kind of crossing the line of this relationship and faith with Jesus. Maybe today, you just need to say, Jesus, I'm, I'm kind of putting my life out there. I want you to have it. I want you to have my life. Jesus, I give you my life. I give you my life. And God, for some of us, we just want to say, God, there's so many things that are weighing us down. I just want you to take it all. We don't even know what to give you anymore and what not to. And you just take it all. So Father, I pray that you would do that, that we respond in that way this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Mosaic Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. For more audio and video content, visit us at mosaicchurch.tv.